0: How about I reallocate the crap I just took in my toilet and put it in your living room? What the hell are we talking? You probably wouldn't have noticed because you live in freaking Jersey, which is a freaking toilet bowl of the Northeast anyway, so probably all in the same to you, but that makes no damn sense.
1: You're listening to the Brookdale Boys Podcast with hosts Keith Napolitano and James Galassi. What's going on, everyone? Brookdale Boys, episode number
0: five. James, episode number five. Did you think that we'd make it to episode number five, man? Um, In the words of Kyle Shanahan, I can't promise anybody will make it to Sunday. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. We've been doing this. We've been doing
1: this over a month now, dude. That's pretty good. I, I definitely uh, definitely thought with all the issues we had with um, the first service that we were using, we won't mention any names, but uh, it probably would have fallen off by now. But I, I think it's still fun, man. I think we're going to be doing this for a while as long as it's still, it continues to be fun, right? Yeah, as long as I get to piss off Devil's Twitter as much as possible, that's all I care about. Well, these days it's seemingly pretty easy and uh, we'll get into that There's a little no bit. No signs later. of intelligent life over there. So as to let you once said. That's most of hockey Twitter, honestly, especially uh, especially Devil's Flyers and Islanders Twitter recently. Islanders uh, is just no. depressing. <laughs> it's just yeah, depressing Islanders to look. At Islanders, right Islanders right Twitter now. is yeah, it's it's quite depressing, for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the episode this week. Uh, episode number five, we got couple things to talk about. New TV deal for the NHL. Um, we're going to talk a little Hart Trophy, Norse Trophy wrap-up as the season winds down here. Um, and then we'll talk, obviously, a little Isles, a little Rangers, a uh, little Metro division as the uh, the season's coming to an end here. So let's jump right into it. James, this week the Rangers had four games. They went 3-1. and one. They lost 3-2 against Philly. But after losing, they went 4-1 against Philly. They won. They played the Buffalo Sabers twice. They won six to three, and then tonight they won four to one or three to one. Excuse me. So the Rangers are three and one their last four, sitting right now right outside that uh, fourth playoff spot, with fifty six points. And I think today was their fiftieth game played. So they got six games
0: left on the season. Talk to me a little bit about the uh, the Rangers, James. How you feeling right now? So. Uh Pretty good, honestly. I don't, as much as we'll talk about it and all that, I don't think that they really have a real shot at the playoffs. It's minuscule at best. But just having this team in this playoff hunt, it's good for the guys. It's fun to watch. It's the best-case scenario, you know. I get to watch fun, meaningful hockey, watch the young guys play well, and, you know, just look forward to the future. Some things I did notice over this week, that one loss to Philly, I mean, I think the Rangers just took maybe... 100,000 penalties that game. They just were really just taking every penalty they possibly could. They just look sloppy after the first and, you know, happens. After that, though, they've been playing well. Uh, Zibanejad, gotta call him out. I mean, just think of the effects of COVID. Like, Jason Tatum, he uses an inhaler before every game now, he says. He's in his young 20s because of COVID, and he never had to use an inhaler before any game before that. Zibanejad... His first 15 games had one goal and two assists for four, for a 0.2 points per game. Over his last 24 games before tonight, he's had 19 goals and 24 assists for 1.79 points per game, and then he had another goal again tonight. So he has 20 goals and 24 assists in his last 25 games now. The man's going to finish on a, Yeah, the man's going to finish on a point per game basis after doing nothing the first 15 games. So got to nice. give him a little bit of a shout out. Also, Alexi Lafreniere, the kid is finally turning it on. Three goals, two assists in his last five. He has 10 even strength goals. He gets no power play time at all. So if you want to look at just even strength goals, some guys he has around the same amount as him in even strength goals is guys like uh, Matt Barzel with 12 even strength goals. Trocek has 10 mm-hmm. even strength goals. Poshnak has 12 even strength goals. Lindholm has nine even strength goals. Like he's hovering around all these guys in even strength goals after his one goal in his first 15 games as well. The kid is getting comfortable. He didn't play hockey for almost a whole year before the season. He's looking really good. Kapokako has really been turning on. His charts for the chart people on Twitter are all the way the hell up um, this season and especially recently. And uh, got to give a shout-out to Zach Jones because, honestly, I thought once Truba went down, season was over, that's done. Zach Jones has come up, stepped in. He's looked pretty good in his debut so far. So exciting stuff on the way for the Rangers. Yeah, I think the Rangers have played really well over uh, their last
1: four games. Um, it's interesting that you bring up the, the stats for the young guys. Uh, it's, it's nice to see what uh, production you get from your, from your draft picks and guys that you want to be the future of your team when they actually play, right? That, that's nice to see. Oh yeah, it's nice to put him in there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice it's nice when when your high draft picks actually get to play and they don't, you know, get shuffled in and out of the lineup every other time and uh, they can actually get consistent and, you know, start to feel comfortable with their game. Um one guy that you brought up too, Capo Kakao, honestly a guy that I was really down on uh, after his first season. Um he last year, so last year was his first season in the NHL mm-hmm. after being drafted uh what was it? Second second, second overall. Yeah, he had statistically one of the worst Horrible. seasons in the NHL for last year. Yeah, he was really bad, uh, all across the board. Honestly, points, defensive numbers in particular, um, he was statistically one of the worst defensive players in the league. This year, he's really turned it on. Honestly, he was at minus minus twenty six last season in sixty six games. This season, he's plus five, so he's even. He's gone up, you know, thirty one points in the plus minus, which is huge for you know a second year now player, and you know he's even. He's about on pace for, for his points. He has uh, 16 points in 42 games, 8-8 and 8 for goals and assists, uh, compared to last season with uh, 23 points, 10 goals, 13 assists. So uh, you hope he passes that 10-goal mark and maybe gets to that 15 um, and becomes kind of that winger, that scoring, kind of two-way type winger that you guys drafted him to be. Um, But, yeah, it's nice to see. Well, I mean, if you're a Rangers fan, it's nice to see that these guys are, you know, finally settling into themselves. They're growing, getting comfortable with their game and, um, you know, seemingly getting comfortable with their line mates, getting getting to be, you know, adjusted at the NHL level.
0: Obviously, you know, you got to put the puck in that. I don't know if you saw his goal the other night. His one-timer shot was ridiculous from that Fox pass. Um, But his – so his charts, his expected goals, his generated chances, all that are all – Better than Mark Stone's and all way better than Shifley's this year. The only thing that he's lacking is actually, you know, where they're beating him is the actual goals for. And I have confidence. He's getting more confidence in his shot, his playing ability. His stick handling is what has been promised. That is for Dan sure. He is on the puck like a madman this year. And I'm confident he's only just turned 20 a couple months ago that the puck will start dropping for him. It has been recently. He's having uh, some success with the points uh, towards the tail end of the season, so and he also recovering from COVID. He got midway through the season, so it looks like he's coming back to form. He's growing into his body. He looks much bigger this year than he did last year. So I think the pucks gonna start falling for him. It's falling for Lafreniere right now, and uh, the kids are all right, as they say.
1: Yeah, it's, it seems like it. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I know we make a lot of Isles Rangers comparisons going down the line. Obviously, the, the one that jumps out is the Sorokin-Starkin comparison. But it's going to be interesting to see how a guy like Capo or even Laffy stacks up to uh, like Oliver Wallstrom. Well, the, the Wallstrom-Kratsov
0: stuff's going to be a huge storyline because we drafted Kratsov right before you drafted Wallstrom. Right. So that's going to be a huge uh, storyline, I think, going to the future for us as well.
1: Right, and Kratsov's just coming into his own as well, just starting to get consistent playing time at the NHL level, right, too?
0: Yeah, he just came up after the KHL season was over, after his team got eliminated. He had a phenomenal season in the KHL, and he looks legit at the NHL level. Level. Screw you, Lindy Ruff, for taking away his first goal. Um, He scored (laughs) on you again a couple nights later, just had to do it twice to you, I guess, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's nice. Things are things are looking good for the Rangers, honestly. Uh, and like I said last week, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said last week. The Rangers are exactly where they want to be right now. They are, um, you know, I think four games out of a playoff spot as it stands this point. Um, and, you know, they're going to be a hungry team. They're They're playing really, really, really good hockey. And they have two huge games coming up against the New York Islanders this week. And, you know, right now, if you're a betting man, and, you know, I usually am, and I'm typically wrong, but <laughs> typically. I'm typically wrong. Consistently. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, semantics on the words, but, uh, you know, I, if, I, if I'm betting, man, I'm, I'm taking the Rangers right now. They look they look hungry. They're, they're obviously putting up points. They're scoring goals, and they're, you know, they're keeping the puck out of their own net as well, which was obviously a question for them. You know, we know a lot of the guys on your team have the the prolific offensive abilities but you know the fact that they're playing good defense as well especially since Truba went down uh in that last game against the Islanders um you know well, you guys have you guys have guys stepping up especially you know guys like Adam Fox who are continuing to play Just well and continuing an to shut teams down on the defensive end yeah exactly so um we'll kind of segue into the the Islanders talk here really quick. Right, everyone um, so, put on your black
0: clothes. It's time for mourning, <laughs> sadness. I'm actually emo I'm actually emo music. A full,
1: back back early two thousand full tuxedo and like a black umbrella right now sitting in my apartment, just like sobbing, pouring like water over myself to just make it extra extra dramatic because uh, this week was not good for the New York Islanders. We went zero two and one in our three game series against the Washington Capitals. Uh, currently, the Islanders sit 63 points um, in that third-place third, third place spot in the division. 49, game, 49 games played after uh, after tonight's regulation loss against the Caps. It was not a good week, James. Not a good week for the New York Islanders. Um, and honestly, it has not been uh, a good last 10 games for the Islanders, really, uh, since acquiring Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak. They just have not looked good. The team has uh, one regulation win in their last 10. In their last ten, they're four, five, and one. And I believe over that time over that time span, uh, within that ten game span, the Islanders are averaging one point eight goals per game. One point eight. Uh, let me say that number for you one more time. I don't think <laughs> you heard me. one point eight goals per game in ten games, James.
0: Point eight. That,
1: <laughs> and that includes is a six goal
0: game against the Rangers.
1: And that includes a six goal game against the Rangers. It's, is that, is that good? I, I uh, I don't That's know. It doesn't free, seem to be I mean, good.
0: No, you you guys have one goal or less in seven of your last eleven games. <laughs> uh The the
1: production is just not coming for the Islanders right now. Um, we've been shut out three games as well in the last ten. Um, and honestly, it just the for me. I think the biggest thing, and I think for most Islanders fans, just looking at Islanders Twitter, um, the biggest thing for us right now, I think, is just. The lineup decisions, honestly, the lineup decisions are incredibly perplexing. Um, why we continue to do the things that we do and continue to play certain players who just clearly aren't producing and clearly aren't meshing well with the guys who are on their line. It's, it, it's not turning into the production that we need. Obviously, um, we sat Oliver Wallstrom for the last three games. He came back in today against the Caps, um, and he looked pretty good. He was getting pucks to the net. There was a particular uh, four-on-three late into the game where Wallstrom was the only guy who actually got a puck on net while the rest of the team was kind of just standing around watching, um, which has been kind of the, the story of the Islanders for the last three games. Um, but, yeah, like like I said, the the lineup decisions and the uh, ice time for certain players, for me, I think is the big issue. Um, going into those last three games, if we just take a quick look, Matt Barzell in the 6-3 loss to the Capitals had 15 minutes of ice time, James. Travis Zajac played over 17 minutes. Josh Bailey played 18 minutes. Bro, Zajac's Anthony worth the Bevilier. first pick. Come on. Anthony Bavillier also played 18 minutes. I don't understand how you're playing a guy like Travis Zajac almost two full minutes more in a game where you obviously need goals and in, for a team who's been starving for goals... You sit our best or most dynamic offensive player for a dude who realistically is a third to fourth line center, who n- really never has been much for offense, honestly. Um, it's incredibly frustrating to see the ice time discrepancies. Um, I'm pretty sure over the last three games against the Capitals, Matt Barzell has consistently played less ice, less has had less ice time than Josh Bailey. And i i just i i don't i don't get it we we watch josh bailey every night sit on the power play you know down on the end line in the corner with the puck and just kind of sit there and sit there and sit there and then eventually he makes a bad turnover or you know we just don't do anything and the the time runs out um it, it really really doesn't make a lot of sense why a guy like josh bailey or travis ajak is getting more ice time than matt barzell um also, too, the production just isn't coming from anybody else. Like I said, and I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, the Islanders are going to need to be consistent. We're going to need production from you know, the top down from our lineup. We're, we're not getting it. I, I, I mentioned that Barzell isn't getting the ice time, and maybe this is kind of a reason why. He hasn't had a goal in 11 games. Um, Kyle Palmieri, the guy we traded for, first-round pick to the New Jersey Devils, two points since acquiring him on April, April 8th. One goal, one assist. Um, he's practically been invisible. Granted, I mean, maybe it has something to do with him, you know, being shuffled up and down the line, playing third line minutes essentially. Um, but the the production is just not coming, not coming from guys. Um, really, really up and down the line. Like I said, the Islanders have uh, been averaging one point eight goals, less than two goals a game over their last ten. And really, it's just it's not going to get it done come playoff time. And right now, you know, with the the Rangers is playing as well as they are. It's
0: going to be interesting to see these next two games. Uh, Yeah, I mean, one, I don't get the whole, is he just benching Barzell because he doesn't like his effort or the turnovers that he's been having lately? Like, why? What is up with the Barzell thing?
1: I don't know, honestly. And we've seen this from Barry Trotz multiple times where he benches. He will specifically – I feel like he specifically targets Matt Barzell. I don't know if he wants more out of him or is trying to motivate him. But we saw it a lot last season where if Barzell would take a penalty or if he would make a turnover, he'd basically sit for the next five minutes. He'd miss a shift, and Brock Nelson would probably move up on the line with Lee and Eberle. This year, he's done it multiple times, where he sat Barzell for for a shift and Pajot, or now Travis Zajac apparently move will move up, and play on that first line with insert left winger here Leo Komarov <laughs> and Jordan Eberle. Um, so I I really just don't know. It's something we've seen consistently from Barry Trotz. He kind of is doing the like the Tortorella thing, where he's I guess trying to like teach a guy a lesson, but it, for me, a team that is starved for goals and just isn't playing as well as they should be, like we've seen them play, doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make a lot of sense to bench bench a guy like Matt Barzell.
0: I, ju- I just think, like, not to, you know, no coach is perfect, and I think Trots is one of the best in the league, but sometimes you just got to let your offense open it up, sacrifice a little bit of the defense, and let these guys just open up and go. Because Barzell needs, t- his game needs to be open. He's He makes phenomenal plays. He needs some open ice, some aggressive play from his other, other, um, his wingers, or if he's a winger, then his other linemates or whatever. So I I don't really get why the whole hold Barzell back, why bench him, why there's like, you guys need goals. I get Wallstrom's young, he's going to make mistakes, just let him go out there and make some mistakes. Like, you guys need some kind of offense. And also, uh, just a real quick question, um, is Vormalov alive? (laughs) Yeah, so outside of the offensive
1: woes, uh, today against the Washington Capitals, the Islanders take the ice, and uh, their backup goaltender, Simeon Varlamov, or excuse me, their supposedly backup goaltender for tonight, Sorokin, I think, was always slated to start. Um, But yeah, Varlamov was MIA today. Uh, Nobody has any idea where he is. Zero clue. He's not on the COVID list. Um, I basically scoured Twitter to see if anybody had any information about where he could have been. Was he captured by Russian agents? Did Vladimir Putin come in and
0: you know take his family hostage? Putin heard the slander. Putin heard the slander. Apparently, I, <laughs> Panarin's too I, too too safe now. He has his whole house surrounded <laughs> by by his private army, and uh, he's like, all right, well, I gotta go after some somebody else. And vermov was ripe for the taking, I guess. I guess so.
1: I guess uh, I guess somebody somebody out there is listening to our podcast. I don't know Zuckerberg probably sold our information <laughs> to the Russians, and uh, Putin heard us talking shit and was like, you know what? All right, you want you want to play this game? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I guess silver lining: if Vladimir Putin's going to take one of our Russian goalies, he can have our over Sorokin. Uh, but still, not for yeah, a playoff it's, run. It's kind of yeah, definitely not for a playoff run. Um, but, yeah, we, we have no idea. No clue where Farlamov is. I don't think he's injured. Um, again, I, I really have no clue. Like I said, I tried to look on Twitter. Couldn't figure anything out. Um, but, yeah, Corey Schneider was backing us up today. So, you know, just another uh, old devil for us to kind of have on the team to do nothing.
0: That's great. Yeah, so uh, leading into that, how frustrating is it to watch that Taylor Hall goal tonight? Because that goal was awesome. And just the way... Ever since he's got out of Buffalo, all of a sudden, Taylor Hall's back.
1: Yeah, you're talking about the goal where uh, he absolutely nugged on, I think, Brennan Dumoulin. Crosby, where he and Crosby, too. Just, oh, was it Crosby as yeah. well? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> the, the one where he just completely nugged on one of the best players in the NHL uh, by just doing a toe drag around him, putting the puck between the defender's legs, and then going top shelf. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was gorgeous. It was a great, great goal. Um, it's incredibly frustrating, to answer your question. In- incredibly frustrating. Uh, to say the least, especially considering what we gave up um, and what we talked about in previous episodes, with the the value that we probably could have gotten Hall for, considering what they got, uh, what what uh, Boston sent Buffalo in return for him. Uh, yeah, it's it's really frustrating to see him, you know, do as well as he's doing, and to see the guys that we traded for not do as well uh, as we thought they would. Um, I'll say I'm a little guilty. I like I I'll, I'll put my hand up. I did want. Paul Murray over Taylor Hall at the time, it did seem like the uh, the smart move,
0: quote unquote. I I will defend you. It was due to what you thought the price would be for both of them, and then the Palmieri trade ended up costing more than the Hall trade.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which I mean, it just like like I had said before, it seemed it seemed like a pretty classic Lula Amarillo move, and you know, right now it's just. It's not panning out. I mean, we saw it last year with the Pajot trade. The Islanders went into a slump. As soon as they traded for Pajot, they didn't get a regulation or they didn't get a win until the season picked back up after the COVID delay in the playoffs. Uh, they had to wait. I mean, what was it like four months to get their first win with Pajot on the team? So, I mean, I I don't know. What is it going to take for, for the Islanders to start playing well after a trade deadline? I, I, I don't understand what happens when uh when the trade deadline rolls around and the Islanders decide all right we're not playing hockey anymore we're we're just gonna stop scoring goals new guy on the team welcome welcome to the club bud you need to donate your ACL to Andersley I would honestly I really would if I could uh I know he probably wouldn't take it because my knees are incredibly weak <laughs> um, but. <laughs> <laughs> that those Division three lacrosse knees probably aren't as strong as professional ice hockey players. But, hey, I mean, whatever would help, honestly.
0: It's, uh, it's going to be interesting these next few games. Obviously, like I was saying, I don't think the Rangers make it. But there will be some very, very fun. Um, there's Ranger games coming up. Thursday night's the first one. So the Rangers are five games. Five points behind the Islanders with two games left against you. But you guys have one game in hand in general. But regardless, those two games are obviously huge. If we could take those two games, the season becomes a lot more interesting. Still far off. We still got to beat like the Caps and the Bruins and stuff like that. And you guys get to play the Sabres, I think, again a couple times or at least one more time. So it's going to be a little more interesting. I still think you ended our season when you didn't trade for Hall and, and Boston got him because they barely have, they've lost like one or two games since they got in Hall. And... I'm going to turn my Twitter off Thursday night if the Rangers lose that game because it's going to be like, oh, the Islanders ended the Rangers season today. No, we have like a 5% chance of making the playoffs right now. Nobody actually thinks we're making it. And like I said, you guys actually ended it at the trade deadline when friggin' Sleepy Lou was like, here, take it first for Palmieri and Zajac instead of Taylor Hall. So that's when you really ended our season, not Thursday night if you beat us. So I'm just going to have to log off that Brookdale Boys Twitter account on Thursday night, God forbid, if they lose that game again.
1: So here's my thing, honestly, the magic number seemingly for playoff locks in this division is seven, which is points. absurd. Uh, yeah, incredibly absurd. Considering uh, there's what three other teams I think in the West Division who have already clinched. Um, I think the the Hurricanes as well clinched uh, in. Whatever Hurricanes clinched with sixty nine already. Is. Yeah which is which is actually hilarious i want to talk about that really quick because i love when uh when like official team twitter accounts or just like official twitter accounts in general with like huge clout and following and like actual responsibility tweet like funny things so i don't know if you saw but the uh the hurricanes twitter tweeted something to the effect of like when you clinch a playoff spot with 69 points and then they put like the leonardo dicaprio yeah. uh like great gatsby meme on it yeah, so i just i just thought that was pretty funny that they uh they actually did that um But yeah, so seemingly, to get back to it, seemingly the magic number for the playoff spot in this division is 70 points, right? Um, That means right now with the, what was it, the 63 points that the Islanders have, we have to essentially win, what, four games? Four games for us to get to that spot. We have two more games against the Rangers, we have two more games against New Jersey, two more games against Buffalo, and we finish the season against Boston. There is a particular doomsday scenario that I see playing out right now, right before my eyes, and I talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. That God forbid we went zero and three against the Capitals, or only picked up one point against the Capitals, like we did, coming into these games against the Rangers. I, you got to think the Rangers smell blood in the water, right, James? You got to think that they're going to come out they do. incredibly hard and play the Islanders as hard as they possibly can to get these points. I mean, so let's think about it this way: if the Rangers take, let's say. Three out of a possible four of the next two of the next two games against the Islanders, right? Let's say uh, they lose in overtime one game and then they win in regulation. Islanders pick up two points. Rangers pick up three points. The Rangers will only be three games back of the Islanders. Three points and yeah, three points, three points back of the Islanders, exactly. And I, I don't know. I mean, at that point, the Capitals are basically locked in. The Penguins are basically locked in. And with the Capitals injuries and also too the Penguins injury woes. If they lock in a spot, they get to that 70 points. You got to think that they might kind of just, you know, bring a few guys up from the taxi squad, send some of their banged up guys down, maybe take it easy for the last couple of games because they're already locked. They're just going to look for, forward to the playoffs. Seem like the Rangers, who has games left against the Caps, you know, if they steal points against the Islanders and then the Caps decide they want to give it a rest until Ovi can come back because obi has been out for the past two games against the Islanders as well. Uh, which is even more hilarious that we we went 0 and 3 against them because apparently the Islanders just love losing to the Alex Ovechkin list Washington Capitals. Um, he's with Putin if, stealing Vermala. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's giving yeah they're they're in cahoots with one another. Um, but like I was saying, I mean, you got to think that the Rangers right now they're controlling their own destiny.
0: That I I personally think. They're in a great spot. I, I Controlling really their uh, own I, destiny is that's that's a bit much. They need a lot to work in their favor first.
1: I don't know, man. Honestly, I really think your collapse uh, I, I is helping, think...
0: but you need to continue to collapse.
1: We're on that trajectory. I mean, if you look at it, that's that's the way that the
0: Islanders play. We're an nothing incredibly streaky team. would bring me more joy than the New York Rangers. So if if we beat you in these two games and then you guys play the Boston Bruins after the the season ends and if you guys lose to the Bruins and then the Rangers take that spot after they lost the Bruins in the last game i don't think anything would bring me more joy
1: <laughs> i would probably you be, probably so, have to block so my sad. number you probably have
0: to block my number
1: <laughs> <laughs> i would be so incredibly sad honestly like at that point and it's another year finals. without a first round pick uh, oh, God, that would just even be. And, of course, too, the Devils are going to get the next McJesus with uh, with that pick that we sent them to because at that point, if we miss the playoffs, it'll be like a mid-round pick and they'll get somebody decent, even though this draft class isn't supposed to be too great. But I'm sure because it's our pick, they'll find someone. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, I really think that the Rangers are in a really good spot to, to pick up points and to, you know, really make a push. They're still in the hunt, honestly. I think this one is going to come down to the wire. And um, as it stands right now, I don't know. It's it's not it's not looking good for
0: the Isles. They just have to win, and keep doing what they're doing. And they have to just you know can't worry about everybody else. But just you have to hope for the chips to fall, the rest of the way for them. That's that's all they can do. It's just keep winning and hope everybody else falls in place for them.
1: The Rangers the Rangers beat the Islanders on Thursday. How much more excited and how much more like hopeful are you? All right, so I'm
0: at like. A cool... So where, are, where are you right now? I'm at like 5% hope we make it. Because it's a big hill to okay. climb. It is. If yeah. they beat you Thursday, um, I might get a little unruly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How unruly on the timeline can I get? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's going to jump up. I'm still not going to break a 25% chance. Because we still need a lot. You guys need to keep losing your games even after that one. I'll maybe jump uh, up I mean, to like a quarter hope, which is a big jump.
1: We have to play, so we have to play this, the Sabres and the Devils Locked. still, and the Devils Two-win. have played us rough. The Devils have played us hard all season, okay. and the Sabres are suddenly coming alive,
0: playing really good hockey. Mackenzie Blackwood since... is friggin' dog water, so I don't want to hear it. And the Devils know. just lost 10 straight before tonight after almost blowing a 4 nothing lead against the Flyers.
1: They smacked the Flyers tonight, though.
0: 6-4 after empty netter. They were up 4 nothing. And then it was a five-four game. They scored how many goals? 6-4, six, six, I think, with the empty netter though. Oh, is six more than one? Because that's <laughs> all the Islanders can score recently. Mackenzie I Blackwood mean... <laughs> is dog water. Dog. All right, how much more? Water. How much
1: greater is six than one? Because I'm
0: confused
1: about those numbers.
0: Because Mackenzie the Blackwood. Islanders just can't seem
1: to score more than
0: one goal. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter. Mackenzie Blackwood will, will cure that. He is the cure for that. I really you have a prescription, so, and the only <laughs> the only thing you need is some Mackenzie
1: Blackwood. Uh, I really hope so. Honestly, I think right now the Islanders really need to right the ship, especially especially if we do make the playoffs. It's really not looking hopeful for past the first round. I mean, maybe they turn it on again like they did last year. Maybe they rise to that competition like they did last year. Um, but you know, as it seems, as it's playing out right now, I even if we do make the playoffs, I don't see us making a deep run, especially too if our if our one A, one B goaltender is now suddenly just missing. You don't want to limp into you the
0: know? fourth spot either and then see like the pens exactly. in the first round this year. The pens are yeah, exactly
1: here. Pens have been shitting on us all season and you know that that would just be huge fuel the the Islanders Penguins rematch from last season after we swept them. I would just, I would probably have to delete Twitter for that too, because honestly, I just couldn't deal with myself seeing Ryan Whitney tweet about all oh, the Penguins Islanders fucking suck, blah blah, blah. like this team never should have been been here, all this stuff. I just, I couldn't handle it. And uh, I talked about it fragile. a couple
0: episodes ago. You guys need that home ice. I feel like you guys are so much better on home ice than than away.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, this season we have only lost three or four games at Nassau Coliseum. So, I mean, that home ice is going to be absolutely crucial. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that we get into that spot because right now, the way it's playing out, um, we're probably going to get either the third or the fourth spot. I I, 100% see, after reverse-mushing the Capitals last, last episode when I said that they weren't going to make the playoffs, and now they're going to and, get the first And spot you talked a the lot of smack game. about their goaltending and they shut you out twice in the last And they shut us out twice. Yeah, so uh, for everybody listening right now, our our wonderful, wonderful audience, uh, I can mush any team. It doesn't matter what, what sport. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, I have a gift. Um, I can say something about someone, and that team or that person will do the opposite of what I think that they're going to do. Uh, for example, uh, two days ago, I... I recently have taken a bit of a hiatus from betting. And two days ago, I saw an opportunity where I saw three of the top five teams in the league playing pretty bad teams. Um, And I was like, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity for me to get back into the saddle, get back in with a good win. I'm going to parlay. I think I had the Hurricanes. I think I had um, the Avalanche. And I believe I had the Florida Panthers as well. All against pretty bad teams. I think teams that are missing the playoffs or are fringe teams at this point. I think the best team... Uh, that was playing in those three games was the natural predators. All three teams lost by decisive margins. I mean, like not even by a little bit, all three teams got absolutely slacked. So follow me on Twitter at Isles Napolitano, tweet at me and say, hey, Keith, uh, I really need this team to lose or I really need to do well on my exam or I really need something from you. And I'll talk about you on the next podcast. And whatever you want me to say, I'll say the opposite. And... That'll probably happen because I just I have that gift. Keith
0: is basically, you ever seen Good Luck Chuck? He's basically Bad Luck Chuck. (laughs) Ever since I've known him, he's basically just Bad Luck Chuck. (laughs) Nothing goes right for him. Everything. I mean, the man is living in uh, uh, under a coal mine in Grundy, Virginia, right now. And everything this kid says, the opposite happens. I've never seen anything quite like it. It's pretty astonishing. You would think it's, it's I, I should be a millionaire by now, and this is my fault. I should just ask him for his bets every night and just bet the exact opposite. I don't know why I don't. Do you really this should. Every
1: night. Yeah, you really should. You're an idiot. Nah, You're yeah, I guess I, I am. I've I've been telling you guys. I've been telling you guys every single day, every single time I bet, I pretty much put it out there, like, hey. Uh, If you guys want to fade me, please, by all means, go for it. You'll win some money tonight. I think the only person who actually does it sometimes is Jahan, and I'm pretty sure every single time he comes away with money. I'm I'm pretty positive that happens every single time. Um, But, yeah, uh, bad luck Chuck over here. I don't get to bang Jessica Alba, so that really sucks. Well, that's the bad luck. It's also
0: part of the bad luck part. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So...
1: Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, anything you guys want from me, just let me know. Follow me on Twitter. Send me, uh, send me a DM. Send me a tweet. And, yeah, I'll give you the reverse mush because that that's just my gift. Um, but, yeah. So that's pretty much a wrap-up the division. Like we said, uh, the Cast and the Penguins are essentially locked at this point. I would say the Bruins pretty much are a lock as well. Um, they do sit in that fourth spot with 62 points in 48 games. Their next four, however, are against the Sabres and Devils. So, I mean – realistically, they're going to probably pick up those points. And if they don't get to the Magic number 70, they get close enough to be, to be a lock as well. So uh, it's really coming down to the wire between the Islanders and the Rangers, I think. These next two games are going to be extremely extremely pivotal to uh, what actually happens in the, in the playoff race. And yeah, I would say I'm looking forward to it, but as of late, I don't think I am. Um, it will be nice to actually watch the games, though, because I haven't been able to because of the blackouts which uh, I guess is a good segue to transition into the new uh, NHL TV deal that just came out. Um, So after the season, uh, apparently the NHL signed a seven-year deal worth uh, $225 million per year with ESPN for primary coverage of the NHL. Uh, Today it was reported that they signed with a secondary partner of, uh, what was it, Turner?
0: Turner Turner and TNT, yeah.
1: Yeah, Turner, who owns TNT And all of its subsidiaries. So I believe the deal involves TNT, uh, HBO Max, and TBS. So not only will games be played on ESPN Plus after this year, but they'll also be broadcast and covered on TNT, HBO Max, and TBS.
0: What do you think about that, James? What do you think that does for the league? I think anything that gets the NHL away from NBC is phenomenal. I mean, one, why are games blacked out? When that's how, how to not grow a sport, blackout games in the middle of a pandemic where basically nobody can go to the games, especially you're in Virginia right now. How could you go to an Islanders game? How could like, right I, I, like, exactly. I don't get it. Your games are always blocked out and blacked out. Right. Um, and then as I, I will praise whatever higher being there is today. I don't have to listen to Premier, Pierre Maguire talk about hockey. I hope they do not hire him. <laughs> I hope he's just fired into the sun. Did you hear what he said the other day? I think he was talking about Ronald O'Reilly and his analysis was, yeah, he's a hockey player. Oh. Oh, solid. Okay. Sweet. Solid <laughs> solid analysis right there. Sweet LeBron. All right. Love Thank it. you. And um and we mentioned this before, NHL struggles growing their sport, but if you can get Stephen A, Max on first take, and if you can get Shaq Ernie, any of those guys talking about <laughs> hockey, it would be hilarious maybe they even bring in some snoop Dogg to do some stuff because he likes hockey and he does some hockey uh commentary type stuff like he's in nhl i think chill 20 pretty randomly um yeah i that's actually
1: really interesting that you say that uh he was in nhl 21 he uh, snoop Dogg is a pretty big hockey fan yeah just let him
0: roll up a bunch of blunts and talk about the kings who cares like yeah like especially (laughs) hbo max adult content let's go i mean let it it's going to be better for the game no matter what because it can't be worse. That's pretty much my yeah. No, of it.
1: I totally agree, honestly. And uh, personally, I'm super excited that TNT picked this up. I know that they were... Apparently, there were reports um, out on Twitter, at least I saw it from uh, NRD, one of our like really good uh, sources that we kind of follow and trust pretty well. He put out that, I think at the last second, the NHL pivoted from a deal with Fox and went with Turner Sports and TNT um, instead of, instead of going with Fox. Um, and honestly, I'm, I'm really excited that they're, they're with TNT. Um, I think they do a really good job of, uh, broadcasting and kind of growing, uh, basketball. They, they keep it light. They keep people interested. Honestly, like for me, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I'm a pretty casual basketball fan. Um, but I, I find it incredibly entertaining what they do with Shaq and Chuck. Like, I, I find myself honestly sometimes going down like a YouTube rabbit hole of just like They're hilarious. Shaq and Chuck just, just fucking around exactly in, in the booth doing their post game analysis or pre game analysis of the NBA games. I don't, I don't even care really about the NBA games. I'm just there to see the, the analysis just because those guys are just so fun to watch. You know, Shaq to the Fool is hysterical. Um, so I, am really excited for that. I think TNT is going to do a really good job. It's also good too, because instead of going with Fox, Fox has all these other sports that they have to broadcast and the NHL would have to compete with TNT really only covers the NBA. It's their sole, their sole sports partner. So, um, I think that they'll be able to focus more resources onto You know, broadcasting, covering, growing the NHL. And honestly, too, like you were saying, if they could bring in a guy like Snoop Dogg, I think that would be incredible. Um, I saw reports, too, as well, that they could possibly bring in guys like Ryan Whitney, Paul Bissonnette to kind of run a similar type, lighter. Yeah, (laughs) Miss the Net, excuse me. Uh, To run kind of a similar type, lighter, you know, more fun type pre or post game or some kind of analysis show for the NHL. I think, I think that that would do wonders for the sport. Honestly, like I said before, even casual fans like me, I I, I'm
0: sure there's, there's gotta be people that just tune in to watch Shaq and Chuck fuck around
1: because it's just, it's hysterical.
0: I believe that they mentioned that they're going to have basically the same production from the NBA on TNT. So I think it's going to be like the same guys kind of running it, kind of have the same tone to it. So obviously like we were talking about that's phenomenal. And even if they're on NBA on TNT, which millions of people watch every night, and different demographics and age groups with everything that watch hockey, like if you advertise then for NHL on TNT, that can get some, pique some interest. Maybe a couple more people every night, every week, kind of start tuning into some hockey, NHL on TNT, see what it's about. You know, bring in, like you said, some of these bigger guys, have Chuck or Shaq do maybe one night on it. I'm sure they'll bring a whole hell of a lot of people. That'll be all over Twitter. That'll be all over the oldies on Facebook. That would be all over Instagram. Like, that would just be everywhere. And it would just help grow the game. And grow the game, get more money, and then maybe NHL, I don't know, pay your employees their full salary finally because we're signing new TV <laughs> deals for millions and millions and millions of dollars. That that might be an idea. But, yeah, grow the game, increase the salary cap. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: And I think, too,
1: maybe even a trickle-down effect as well from this If we start to see, um, you know, the broadcasting, the coverage of the NHL get a little bit lighter, get a little bit more fun, you know, maybe it trickles down to the players and the coaches as well. You know, the NHL and hockey has been kind of a stuffy, old head type sport, kind of like baseball a little bit where, like, a lot of the guys are stuck in their ways, you know what I mean? Like, you, you always see the coaches behind the bench, and especially during the interviews, they're always given the, like, stereotypical, like, Oh you got to play hard, you got to dump the puck in and get in uh, on the forecheck and blah 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 and all that kind of bullshit. You know, maybe we start to see the coaches and the players get a little bit more light, a little bit more fun with the game and you know, like you said that definitely that definitely bodes well for the NHL and growing the game and I think, you know, personally I'm I'm very excited that TNT picked this up. i I think I think it's going to be do really really good things for the Maybe
0: sport. people will know other players Arlen Ovechkin and Crosby. Like there's plenty of players that are marketable. <laughs> McDavid's gonna be a tough one. He's kinda like Zuckerberg on a, <laughs> that plays hockey. <laughs> um, but like apparently guys like Lafreniere, who's a budding superstar, obviously, he's apparently a crazy ass, he's hilarious, he's just fun loving and likes to just joke around and do a lot of bunch of stuff. And other guys are like and guys like Panarin who's apparently fun loving but nobody knows about. I'm sure there's guys on the Islanders that you know that couldn't be marketed well and all around the league, but nobody knows anybody other than Ovechkin, Crosby, Longquist. That's it.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I definitely think. I definitely think the TNT will do a good job with that as well. They do a good job in the NBA right now, kind of marketing their players and getting people out there. Granted, there are a lot less players in the NBA compared to the NHL. Um, but like I said, even a casual fan like me, I know most of the guys um, in the NBA just because I tune in to see, you know, the. The fuckery of the <laughs> the post game pre game coverage essentially, um, but you were saying you were saying a guy like Connor McDavid is going to be hard to market. James, he is? I disagree. The dude is absolutely electric. He's phenomenal. And I guess we can we can we can segue into talking about talking about um, some Hart Trophy talk and what I have titled on the uh, agenda here as the McJesus talk because honestly, the dude is the god of the NHL right now. Uh, he has. So let's just talk about his stats really quick. So this season, and I, and I saw it really quick before I give out his stats. Basically, uh, the Hart Trophy is McDavid's. I yeah, don't think there's, that there's I'm any debate. Di- no. There's zero debate about the Hart Trophy going to anybody else. Uh, if someone tries to say that Austin Matthews deserves the Hart Trophy over Connor McDavid, we're going to fight. I mean, you come here, uh, I'll give you my address. We'll just square up in the streets, like because it just doesn't make any sense. Connor McDavid in 46 games this season, James. He has 28 goals, 53 assists, for 81 total points, and is a plus 20 on the season. In 46 games, James. 46 games. That's a 145-point pace in a regular season of 82 games. 145-point pace. That is absolutely absurd. He's shooting just shy. His shooting percentage this season just shy, just shy of 17%. So, basically, one out of every six shots that McDavid takes goes in the net. One out of every six. So... Pretty much every other game, McDavid's scoring a goal. And without McDavid on the ice, guess what the goal differential is for the Oilers as a team
0: without McDavid on the ice. So, just guess. So, I mean, I know this stat. I, um, I saw this as well. And I saw this stat, though, before his hat trick the other day, so I'll just kind of say it. So I think right before he had the hat trick last night, he was. the team is a minus one eighty three, I think now one eighty five when he's not on the ice. Ugh. And then with him on the ice, this is again pre hat trick. They're a plus eighty eight. Crazy. How do they not get him some Caps. depth at the deadline?
1: Absolutely insane. They they had no cap space. They were the same thing like just, every other do team what they had no do. cap space. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. You could just you could just send Leon Dreisaddle or Nugent Hopkins to the uh to the fake LTIR and then just, like, reactivate him. Give him a hangnail uh, and yeah, LITR him. It's, it's absolutely staggering how just incredible McDavid has been this season. Honestly, uh, I know I, I coined the uh Siro King last season, but I'm also gonna coin uh Connor McJesus on, um, on this
0: podcast. Keith today. Mush, right uh-huh. after you coined Saro King, he had his absolute <laughs> blunder of like six goals against he, with,
1: <laughs> like a, He bounced he bounced back today. He did, he, but right he, after he back the back day today, you
0: coined Saro King
1: <laughs> He had a horrible I am I'm, I'm really sorry, Connor McDavid. Connor McJesus, excuse me, but uh oh. yeah, we we i mean the guy is just insane honestly we're we're talking about um we're talking about uh freedom of religion in in uh constitutional law right now uh to kind of wrap up the semester and we're talking about like the establishment clause separation of church and state that kind of stuff uh if a team or if the government decides that they want to make the official religion of the united states the church of connor mcjesus i'm down Fuck the establishment clause Fuck everything the Church of Connor McJesus, I'm all in. That that I'm I'm all about it. Shout out Judge Dotson, my constitutional law professor. You're the goat. Really appreciate you listening to the podcast last week. But yeah, sorry. Uh, if you give us a hypothetical where the Church of Connor McJesus is uh, in play. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to disagree, and I'm gonna have to say, screw the establishment clause.
0: Um, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, please um, hide Connor McDavid right now. Uh, <laughs> he's he's about to actually be crucified or something. Something horrible is coming his way. Wrap that man up in some bubble wrap. I don't know what's happening, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh man, something. Please protect that man. He's about to come down with the black plague. Um, no, I mean. <laughs> My analysis of Connor McDavid. Uh, he's a hockey player. There you go. I could be Pierre McGuire. There you go. There you go. Nice. Look at no, you. No, I, I mean You're he's just it. ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure even um, Gretzky said that what he's doing is harder than what I did when I did it. And I mean, put please put McDavid back in that time period when the goalies like oh, stood up a million points. <laughs> when the goalies, I mean, when the goalies would like stand straight up and had lacrosse pads on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was the man would just skate by everybody he really does skate by everybody, but it wouldn't even be any it wouldn't be any fun for him. They need to make is he gonna go down as the greatest is he gonna go down as the greatest hockey player of all time? I think he's gonna be he has to win cups for that to happen if he can win a cup or two, I mean, you could say either him or Crosby will be the LeBron James two you know the jordan that is gretzky right do you think he wins a cup with the oilers i think they need to get him somebody else to help him other than driesidle i mean
1: they
0: yeah. the, the team i mean they need defense they need scoring outside of him and driesidle it's, it's
1: he signed an 8 billion, he signed an 8 year deal in 2018 do you think it takes him eight years to get off the Oilers and to go somewhere? Else I think to win a cup?
0: if they can get a salary cap jump from the T V deal within the next few years, hopefully, then if they could surround him with that after that, then I think he wins a cup. He's good enough to carry a team, don't get me wrong, but in the NHL playoffs, it's gonna take more than him, no matter how good he is. Like he's gonna need somebody around him.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean they have they have dry side. What about, all, you? What about
0: you? Do you think he wins one? On Edmonton? Uh,
1: I, I definitely agree with you. I don't think that they have the depth on their team. I mean, their team is... Uh, we, we, we already said it. Their goal differential without him on the ice is minus 185. <laughs> it's, fucking, it's fucking atrocious. Like, uh, is literally nobody else scoring on this team? Like, I don't understand. Literally zero other people on this team are scoring. And That's they have address, the dudes I like That's they ha- I mean, they have like Nugent Hopkins. I'm not really sure about like how deep their forward pool is. They have Pulley Rv, who apparently...
0: Was doing the, a little he, better he doesn't this have season. that many points, though.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I heard he was doing better. But, like, geez, dude, you, you don't have to do anything when this guy, when McDavid is out there running in circles around people. Like, the rest of the team has to be exhausted. Like, to, a, a minus 185, that's that's horrific. That's horrific. Somebody's got to help this man. Uh, I mean, like you said, maybe they get, um, after the salary cap gets raised, maybe they bring in some help. They bring in some winger help. They bring in some defensive help. Um. But I don't know. Currently, as the team stands, I don't think that they win the Stanley Cup this year. Um, no. I don't know. I think I think they'll be competitive. Don't get me wrong. I think that they but they come out. They probably get out of the north. Like... Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think that they. I think that they are better than the Maple Leafs personally. Um, no but... personal.
0: No personal vendettas in there at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. But yeah, uh, essentially. That's uh, that's Connor McDavid. That's that's talking Connor McDavid. He's amazing. The Oilers uh, really are not supporting him. Um, and free free Connor McDavid. Send him to Long Island, and we would love to him. Send it. him
0: to Manhattan. Mm, no, let's not do that. We have a nice
1: <laughs> new arena right down the street from your house. It'll just be nice, nice, nice new place for him to come and you know bring bring the dynasty back. Uh, but and let's get benched when he a makes bit. a turnover. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, So we'll move on really quick, too. So we talked about Hart Trophy. Uh, One thing that keeps kind of coming up, James, and something I know that you're incredibly frustrated and passionate about is uh, the Norris Trophy talk. I know you've talked ad nauseum about your guy, Adam Fox, and rightfully so. He's having a fantastic season, arguably the best defenseman in the league this year if you just look at his numbers. Um, But still, these old heads... Uh, apparently Victor Hedman
0: is the favorite to win the Norris this year. What do you think about that? I think that's an embarrassment to hockey. Honestly, it's it's getting to a point where it's almost just comical at this point. And let me just pull up the tweet that was tweeted. Yes, uh, I think last the game last game against the Sabers the same night that my boy Fox had three more assists. Um, let's see what was tweeted. NHL Watcher who. I actually like, have a lot of respect for, as an NHL Twitter account, this was just a rare bad tweet. And he said, Is Hedman pretty much a lock for the Norris, or is that jumping the gun? And I had to respond with, Adam Fox had three assists that night. He leads all defensemen in points and assists. He has about triple the amount of takeaways as Hedman does. He has over 20 more block shots than Hedman. He has a plus-minus of about 23 to Hedman's four, and on a much worse team, mind you. And on the ice, so with Adam Fox on the ice, on five-e-five, the Rangers have a 61% goals-for expected. Without him, they're 50% goals-for. Victor Hedman, with him on the ice, the Lightning are 49% goals-for, and him. Off the ice, they jump up 10% to 59% goals for. And then on top of that, he's not even playing the top competition. Uh, Jay Fresh, who I love his hockey count, he's a great analytics guy, put up a quadrant um, a quadrant graph, and he shows and he talks about how no defenseman that plays headman's minutes, which is about 25 minutes a game, to Fox's 24, so they're right next to each other, plays easier competition than him. He's all the way on the right for minutes played and then well below the axis for competition he's playing. The top pairing is the McDonough pairing, not the Henman pairing anymore. I don't know what more needs to be said. He beats him in every statistical category. The eye test definitely shows that Adam Fox deserves it as well. I mean, you've seen the highlights. You've seen him play. I shove highlights in your face constantly. I, I don't know what more needs to be said. All Lightning fans say... Oh, you're not watching a game. Okay, how many Ranger games have you watched? What are you talking about? We can all see that they're both talented players, but he just shouldn't win it this year. I don't know what else needs to be done. I don't know what else Fox needs to do other than people saying he needs to make the playoffs. Regular, regular season, Rangers are a wildcard <laughs> team in the playoffs. Any other division, they're in a playoff. They're a playoff team and in much easier divisions, mind you. They're in the hardest division in a playoff race right there. I don't know what else he needs to do. And also, what, every, he's not a quarterback. He's not, like, one player in the NBA that can carry a team. He's one defenseman on the second now youngest team in the league. I don't know what they expect from him. To carry the Rangers in the hardest division to a playoff spot? That's now the criteria? They're running out of things to say.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I told, so I totally agree with you, dude, honestly. Um... I mean, if you look at the if you look at the numbers right now, just speaking of defensemen as a whole, I mean, Adam Fox is right on the top of literally everybody in the league as far as points goes. Uh, plus minus is there as well. Time on the ice, the things you mentioned um, with him playing on the Rangers team, it's arguably uh, you know a lot worse than the Bay Lightning. Uh, but you know, for me, I look at a guy as well um, who's on this list. He's actually fourth on the list right now in points. A guy like Shea Theodore who is 25 years old. He's playing uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, so obviously a really good team. Um, But, you know, he's kind of overshadowed by um, the the big offseason acquisition that they went out and got, Alex Petrangelo. You don't really hear about him a lot, honestly. And he's had an incredible, incredible season. He's got 40 points in the season, 7 goals, 33 assists. Uh, He's a plus 26, so I think he actually leads all defensemen in plus-minus on the season, I think he actually is only below uh, Alec Martinez, who is a plus twenty-eight on the season. But uh, he actually plays on the same team, and he might have, he might even actually play on the same line as uh, Shea Theodore. Um, but a guy like Shea Theodore, who's playing on a good team like Vegas, he's got the points, he's got the defensive stats. He plays twenty-three minutes a game, so I mean, he's on that top pair for for them. He's playing, he's playing big minutes. I think a guy like Shea Theodore should be talked about a little bit more. Honestly, move away from these guys. And not to take anything away from Victor Hedman, he's obviously a fantastic defenseman. But, I mean, when other younger guys, Shea Theodore is 25, Adam Fox is 22, when other younger guys are having better seasons, more productive seasons, both offensively and defensively, when it comes to a trophy or an award like the Norris Trophy, I really think that that guys like Adam Fox, Shea Theodore, you know, even – uh, I got Dougie Hamilton, yeah, absolutely um, Tyson Berry, even Jacob Chetrin on the Arizona Coyotes has been absolutely fantastic for them recently we talked about them on the last podcast, how bad their defensive numbers have been Jacob Chetrin has been literally holding that defense down by himself um, I mean, if you watch some of the highlights of their team he's, he's scoring goals, he has 16 goals in the season I think he leads all defensemen in goals uh, on the season this year um, he's been playing incredibly well, and these guys just don't get talked about. They, they literally get zero press. Arizona is kind of a smaller market like the New York Islanders, but, you know, Jacob Chetron, 22 years old, Shay Theodore, 25 years old, Adam Fox, 22 years old. Dougie um, Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton, 27 years old. You know, these, these kind of younger mid mid guys are just not talked about as much, or even overshadowed by guys like Quinn Hughes, who are like you have to scroll down on the fucking defensive list to even find. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. doesn't really. Quinn make Hughes of sense. still gets plenty of talk. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like they're they're overshadowed by these guys like Quinn Hughes when uh, a dude like Shea Theodore is arguably this season at least, and you know maybe you can even make this argument for last season, arguably the best defenseman in the league, maybe outside of Adam Fox. Um, so
0: even Devin Tays is getting some Norris talk, as he should, and should be considered over Henman, but he won't. Only guys like uh, the guy Dom from the Athletic. He has a really good article about his Norris picks and everything like that. He is Devin Th- Taves' third behind Hamilton than Fox at first. That's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> these younger writers and things like that, like they seem to get it. The old heads, they're like, oh, I love Drew Audi and Victor Hedman. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just... I don't get it, and uh, his list also includes Pollock and Pelic at seven and uh, at Adam eight and Adam Pellick nine leads the league of his Adam
1: leads the league uh, in war for a defenseman. In and war, Adam...
0: Adam Fox is second yeah. in war. Crazy. <laughs> right? Neck and is neck. Fourth, I think it's like, it's like, but other than Fox, who's fine, like Ryan Whitney, they finally said on Spitting Chicklets that Fox should win the Norris and things like that. <laughs> Especially after his toe drag at the blue line today. I don't know yeah, if I you did saw see that. Them. That was nasty. Um, I mean. Finally, some people are saying it, but i just afraid the people that actually have a vote are still not going to go that way. And you know what? Fine. Don't let him win the Norse before he signs an extension <laughs> with us. Let him sign the extension first, I guess. That would be us. in
1: classic Rangers fashion that Adam Fox signs for... like he's no gonna,
0: I mean, I'm assuming he's taking the pay cut, like the, he's, you know... He's going to take the hometown the discount? Year. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. The man's going to sign for yeah. fucking
1: pennies on the dollar. He forced his yeah. way here. He's going to sign for nothing and sign for the next, like, ten years and be a staple on that team and just have, like, an absolutely fantastic career. So,
0: And his partner, Lindgren, his defensive numbers this year have been – Jay Fresh, I think, put him up again. or saw another analytical account. Lindgren's been awesome this year. Like, I'm excited for this Rangers defense, but give the man who's leading it some credit because this is a young, one of the youngest defenses in the league. So, I don't know. Uh, if Hedman wins it, uh, um, it, you should not win the Norris if you're not getting – the top line defense of, of pairings like if you're not playing the best forwards on the other team you're you're not good enough not that he's not good enough but your coach is consciously making a decision to put another pairing out against the best players on the team that should say something yeah you know? i
1: totally agree 100 percent honestly and i think too uh, i think one thing too that also the uh the new tv deal will do as well like i was kind of saying before that trickle down effect i think honestly the new tv deal if they do it right They'll bring the exposure to these younger guys, and I think when it comes to these awards like the Hart Trophy to Norris, things like that, it won't just be about like the uh, like the rookie w- whatever. What is the what is the rookie trophy? Jeez, um, the Calder. No, uh, the Calder is the uh, is it the Calder? No, the Calder is the uh, the the AHL.
0: Is it the Calder? No, Keith, oh, it's the Calder. <laughs>
1: that'd be another stroke yeah it is a calder yeah you're right jesus yeah um, I <laughs> they won't just about? be talking about the calder for these younger guys they'll be talking about these more prestigious awards like the selkie uh the Norris, and the heart um probably not the heart actually because i think mcdavid's just gonna run away with it every year but um you know who knows but all right um yeah we've had a pretty good episode james you want to end on a little uh rant or rave i know you have something pretty interesting to talk about here <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna need you know I'll go, you know, B rabbit acapella I, more than two minutes. You can cut the B. I I just care. let you do your thing. Um, and
1: uh, just I, let me. I, I kind of okay. ranted about the Islanders a little bit earlier, and I used a lot of my talking points. So why don't we just talk about what you have to talk about in your rant, and then we'll uh, win the show.
0: Okay, so I briefly mentioned Islanders, uh, not Islanders Twitter, Devils Twitter. I mean, seems to have just a plethora of people experiencing, you know, brain bleeds and whatnot. CJ Totoro at CJT Devil, he is a Devil's Twitter guy and writer, whatever the hell he is, he's not really important. He tweeted, writing a piece about how the Devil's rebuild is going better than the Rangers. Pray for my mentions. I I pray for your mental capacity and your IQ <laughs> sir. I mean in what world are are we talking are, are we is he serious that the de- the devils who have been rebuilding since about 2012 13 after the, they beat the rangers in that one series uh, in 4 to 2 they've made the playoffs once since that 2012 2013 season. Once. They have been perpetual bottom of the league straight garbage. I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood, I mentioned, he is absolute dog water this year. He is garbage. My dead grandmother can move across the crease better than he can these days. I mean, the man cannot stop a puck. And then, okay, so he says that I really don't, do I really need to get into that, how the Rangers rebuild is obviously going much better than the Devils rebuild, who the Devils are, can be overtaken by the Sabres any game now, and the Rangers are fighting for a playoff spot in this incredibly... Um, incredibly competitive division no i don't really have to go into it too much because i think we all can see what we're talking about here the only talking point he has is that they have two young centers and the rangers aren't building down the middle even though we have zibanejad and Strom, who by the way ryan Strom has more points this year than Riley o'reilly uh tavarez pavelski Pasternak, braden point ovechkin Vander, he has more points. Bergeron, he has more points than all of these guys this year. Barzell, so I don't want to hear anything about your young centers, whatever. The Rangers have very good centers, and they're probably going to bring in Eichel or somebody else with all the cast space they have. So that's the only argument they have is down the middle. I digress. Then we move on to, so I tweet about him, and then some legitimate, somewhat legitimate account, I guess, right? Uh, Devil's account tweets back at us saying that the Rangers didn't really rebuild. And he they, they says, well, also to be fair, the Rangers never rebuilt. The Rangers traded Ryan McDonough, who's their captain, Rick Nash, Derek Stepan, Brassard, J.T. Miller, Grabner, Zuccarello, Nick Holden, Stahl, and Ryan Graves. They also bought out Hank and Girardi. And I'm probably they traded Shea as well. All these guys for prospects and picks. All these guys basically in the same year, if not the same year, only the next year after that. And then, so I don't know how you can say, we completely sold the farm. We wrote a letter to our fans. And then he comes back and says, you mean the same year you paid $11.5 million for a free agent? This This is real allocating money at best. How about I reallocate the crap I just took in my toilet and put it in your <laughs> living room? What the hell are we talking... You probably wouldn't have noticed because you live in freaking Jersey, which is a freaking toilet bowl of the Northeast anyway, so probably all in the same to you, but that makes no damn sense. Yeah, we paid for a free agent with the money that we cleared up. Is that not allowed during a rebuild? It's not my fault that the devils with their cast space spent $9 million on the shell of P.K. Subban who is absolute, also dog water. I mean, I just don't get it. These people, Keith, they have the right to vote. And honestly, it's kind of alarming. Like, forget anything else to determine how you should vote. You should see this tweet. If you agree with it, check yes. If you agree with it, check no. If you check yes, your rights are taken away. You're not allowed to vote in any election in this country, any local election in your town, just because, God forbid, what you're going to do to this place. I mean, I just don't understand the stupidity. You can't sign a free agent in the rebuild? Isn't that the point of freeing up the money? Is to sign people with it and rebuild around them? Uh, I, 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 uh, again, I don't get it. Devil's Twitter. I get it. You're down bad. You lost four in a row to us. You lost 10 in a row in general. You guys are absolute garbage. You've been rebuilding forever. Poverty franchise. You're a $9 million defenseman doing backflips and bikinis on Instagram. I, I don't know what else to tell you. You guys are dog water. You guys are trash. Stay poverty forever. And, uh, yeah. I'm that fine. was
1: quite – that was that was something. Uh, I love it, honestly. Yeah, The the uh, the account that tweeted at us, which is actually – Pretty hysterical, that legitimate account like this. So it's it's uh, at Pitchforks and Pucks uh, on Twitter. Or at, at Pitchforked Puck. It's the official New Jersey Devils Twitter account for Fansided. They write for Fansided. So a legitimate sports, I guess, advertising, sports coverage outlet, I would say. Fansided. I've, I've read some of Fansided's articles before. I typically think that they're pretty good. Um, but yeah, the fact that he tweets at us and... You know, us kind of being who we are, we're pretty low, low class here. We kind of just got our start here in the (laughs) hockey. Hey, I am not. We're we're pretty low class on the hockey influencer world (laughs) tier list here, James, compared to a quote unquote legitimate writer for a legitimate outlet. Uh, But yeah, the fact that he tweets at us and says, oh, Oh, you you use your free agent money to actually sign somebody? Yeah, that makes no fucking sense at all, dude. Like that is the whole entire point of having money is to sign. You should try it exactly. Well, they did try it. They tried (laughs) it with PK Subban. They tried it it. with PK Subban, and we see how that worked out. Um, But I mean, I will. I will defend I'm not defending their argument cuz I think that it is ludicrous that they even said that. I will defend that the Rangers rebuild is a little, a little sus, you know. Uh, I mean, when you're when you're gifted way? when you're gifted two two top picks consecutive years, when when they're just, just let first overall you, when you're gifted two top <laughs> picks and when arguably one of the best offensive players in the league forces his way to your team and now, as we've seen, when arguably one of the best defensemen in the league forces your way to your team, I mean, it's pretty hard to fuck that up as far as a rebuild goes, man. You got to say. And I'm not taking anything away from Rangers. Rangers have been a great team. I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from them, but, like, it's pretty hard to fuck that up. A lot of other teams, New York Islanders, New Jersey Devils, obviously, poverty franchise, don't get that luxury. So rebuilds take a little bit longer. Uh,. You know, the Rangers, the Rangers okay. did put out that dumbass letter where they're like, we're trading everybody. And by we're trading everybody, they meant we're trading Ryan McDonough and Kevin Miller, and then we're gonna let go of Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl. Like, I'm pretty sure you guys would have just let them go anyway. We,
0: we traded Stepan, Broussard, Miller, Nash, Grabner. Grabner okay. and Nash were a leading goal scorers. Dude, we Michael Grabner meant nothing to your team. Please don't say like you had some kind of
1: em- He was scoring thirty. Don't goals say year you had us. some kind of emotional attachment McDonough to Michael Grabner. Captain. Michael Grabner's been
0: all over the league. He played for the Islanders, Zook's he played for everybody. Zook's one of the best playmakers. Zuccarello Okay, fine, I'll give you team?
1: Zuccarello as well. Zuccarello, Miller, and McDonough were the really only guys you gave away.
0: Nash, uh, Stephon. Okay, Rick Nash. Stephon you was guys were ready to get seven. rid of
1: Rick Nash since the time he got there.
0: Honestly. <sighs> <It's... laughs> Regardless of what you think of these players, we traded away all of our veteran and then players. You, and then, then you got all built, the built space. out. And apart... Part of free agency is to sell what you have to free absolutely. agents to want no, to come to totally you. It is not my fault that the New Jersey Devils play in the toilet bowl where people are reallocating their poop <laughs> into living rooms. That's <laughs> not my fault that that's where they play and nobody wants I'm to go not, there. Sell your team better. Market I'm your team saying, better. Do I'm something better. Don't pay, don't pay P. Ken Subban $9 million and come at me because Artemi Panarin is the best winger in the league and he decided to come I'm, to us. I'm
1: not saying it's your fault. I'm not saying it's against the rules by any means. Obviously, fucking do it. I wish my team would be able to do it. Hopefully, we can with the new arena and all the stuff that's going on. But, you know, it's it's pretty pretty hard to fuck up that rebuild, you know, quote-unquote, that, that rebuild. And, uh,
0: he got real radio silent real quick oh, for as sure soon as I know. That, that was the best part, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, immediately stop responding. Uh, he, he probably,
1: too, the funniest part is he probably was like, yeah, I'm a legitimate sports writer. Uh, I'm definitely going to go after these guys and just make them look like fools. And it's like, bro. You don't know who you're dealing with, man. We're,
0: we're a real deal over here at the Brookdale Boys. My real Twitter account is private for a reason. <laughs> I know what's inside of me and my friends experience it in our group meet constantly and, I, and our fantasy groups constantly, and I apologize to you guys, except for you, Jahan. <laughs> um, but but now I have a public one with, with, the, with the podcast one, and I still have to reel myself in because I know what I'm capable of, but don't come at me stupid. Just don't yeah, do it. Because, like, I mean, you didn't even come with a good argument. At least come with something.
1: Pretty silly, honestly. So uh, I think the two big takeaways from this is that uh, the voting rights should be revoked, for sure. Uh, Judge Mm -hmm. Dotson, if you're listening, voting rights question, uh, if you vote for the New Jersey Devils Rebuild, uh, put that on there. And then the Establishment Clause when it comes to the Church of Connor McJesus. um, Both both are very good questions for our final exam, uh, if you're out there. Um, but, yeah, great, great show. Uh, anything else to close on, James?
0: Um, you know, we got no flyer slander in here, and that's okay because I am full full back in my devil's hitting mode. I mean, the devil's rivalry with the Rangers hasn't been alive for years because, again, they have been absolute garbage bottom of the barrel and the slums, just nobody cares about them, nobody thinks about them. But now they want to come back. I don't know why, but they're trying. So your whole organization is horrible. Blackwood is terrible. Hughes is a crybaby. Nico Hishier has more injury problems than Aaron Judge. I mean, what more can we say? Just stay at the bottom, know when to speak up, speak when you're spoken to, and please, please do not vote in any future elections.
1: You guys heard it here first. Thanks for listening.